The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 263rd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, with whom we will delve deeply into college football and yesterday's announcement of the Final Four. Well, my highlight of the week was the return of Tiger Woods at the Hero World Challenge this weekend, mainly because he got through the tournament healthy. <clears throat> I think that was just uh, the minimum standard we all wanted to see met. And to all of our knowledge, he did get through healthy. And just as importantly, he also showed flashes of his old self and, uh, you know, hit some amazing shots uh, and went under par, especially on Friday was a great day. And, of course, a few of his rounds, he started out fast, specifically Thursday and the opening day, and uh, and then did not end it well. But I think a lot of that just simply has to do with, uh, with fatigue and not being in a tournament for the better part of 400 days, which is a massive amount of time and uh, well over a year, obviously. And uh, But... Again, I thought all in all, it was uh, a success uh, just to see Tiger Woods back out on the golf course in, for him, optimum circumstances in the Bahamas in an 18-person field that became 17 when Justin Rose had to withdraw. Uh, he sponsors the tournament, so of course it was, uh, you know, just familiar situation for him. So again, <clears throat> just... Perfect setup to return to the game of golf, and uh, here's hoping the Tiger continues on track, and that again, uh, he's feeling good, there's no health issues, back issues specifically, uh, following his four days out on the course, and uh, assuming that's not happening, 
then uh, we can look forward to seeing more of Tiger, and I can't think of anything more exciting than that for the world of golf. Other highlights of the weekend, specifically yesterday's NFL Sunday, include the Kansas City Chiefs' Eric Berry winning the game with a pick two on a point-after-touchdown attempt where the Chiefs were down one after the Falcons had just scored to go up one. Uh, He had had a pick six earlier in the game. And the beauty of this story, of course, is that uh, he was returning to Atlanta, his hometown, where he had undergone Hodgkin's lymphoma treatment. And so it's just an amazing story. Uh, Interestingly, his... uh, Pick two was the first game-winning defensive two-point conversion scored when his team was trailing uh, since the rule was adopted. And granted, that was just 2015, so uh, only a little over a year old. But nonetheless, it was the play of the day, uh, especially for Eric Berry, of all people, to do that in his hometown, in the very town where he was getting cancer treatment uh, not all that long ago. So good for him. Another highlight locally was Tom Brady, Patriots quarterback, becoming the winningest NFL quarterback of all time. Says it all right there, recording his 201st victory as a starting NFL quarterback, surpassing Peyton Manning, who is at an even 200. And aside from Super Bowl rings, I can't think of any record that Tom Brady would rather set than winningest quarterback ever. So it was awesome, and and he's not done yet. That's probably the best news for people up here in New England. Other highlights from yesterday were uh, had a couple of snow games that were awesome to watch on NFL Red Zone. Uh, We had, of course, the 49ers at the Bears and uh, Houston Texans at the Packers. Snow was coming down heavy from the opening kickoff in both games. So uh, welcome to December in the NFL. Nothing quite like it, and uh, snow games certainly add a lot. Dallas Cowboys clinched a playoff spot yesterday. That's amazing. That's impressive. Uh, Given where they've been in recent years, including last year after they lost Tony Romo, I think they lost the last... 10 games of the year or something like that. Uh, Here they are. They've already clinched. And I guess for a couple other things uh, break here this coming weekend, uh, they clinched the division. So it's uh, pretty impressive. Obviously, the play of rookies, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, is uh, transcendent, to put it mildly. The Tampa Bay Bucks tied for first with the Falcons after that loss yesterday by the Falcons. And, uh, of course, the Bucks went out to San Diego and beat the Chargers, following up their huge victory last weekend over the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, uh, got to love what we're seeing down in Tampa. Uh, it's great. It's great. And here they are, uh, Jameis Winston. I think he has a record for being the first quarterback ever to throw – touchdowns, passes, or have a touchdown run in his first 27 games in the NFL. Pretty impressive as well. 
Uh, Oakland Raiders, best record in the AFC. Uh, they looked good again yesterday. They had their hands full uh, for a while, but then they just uh, kicked it into high gear and rolled to another victory. Khalil Mack is uh, winning games. He's doing what only the best of the best defensive players are ever able to do, and that's like make strip sacks and recover the fumble that he created uh, at the end of a game to literally put the game away. That is impressive, impressive stuff, to put it mildly. And uh, so hats off to Khalil Mack and also just the Raiders organization. It's it's great to see him back. David Carr is also impressive, as are uh, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, uh, and, of course, Latavius Murray. Uh, they have a lot going for him, and that reminds me that uh, I wrote a follow-up story to the Raiders game in Mexico City by interviewing, uh, again, Taiwan Jones, Raiders running back about the game. I talked to him after the game down in Mexico City. I had also written an article before the game. And uh, he had been an ambassador going down to Mexico City a couple times this year with, among others, Latavius Murray. So you can read it on NFLPlayerEngagement.com. And I uh, also wrote another article that appeared uh, this week on the website uh, on interviewed Patriots Chris Long, son of Howie, wearing uh, Waterboy's cleats as part of the NFL's My Cause, My Cleats campaign, which was amazing. Over 500 players wore personalized cleats for their particular cause, so it was great stuff to see over the weekend. My lowlight of the week is Cam Newton sitting out the first play for not wearing a tie, apparently, in last night's Sunday night football game against... uh, Seattle, but the real low light was having backup Derek Anderson apparently in there for literally only the first play, uh, throw a pick on the first play, and Seattle uh, scored immediately thereafter, and if ever a game was decided on the first play, it seemed like last night was that night. Um, uh, He should have just had a running play and bring Cam back out on the field, and off they go. Instead, they got blown out 40-7, to and again, that pick on the first play just seemed to set the tone for the whole game. And finally, uh, my bizarre story of the week was uh, Colin Kaepernick, San Francisco 49ers quarterback in the snow game at Chicago, completing one pass through three quarters. He was uh, then benched for Blaine Gabbert in the fourth quarter, didn't seem too happy about it in his post-game press conference, so... uh, We'll see what develops there, but uh, one pass completion in three quarters, uh, that's not going to fly in the NFL. So now let's let, take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. 
There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Well, thank you for calling. We're glad to have you, as always. And... Uh, Congratulations to Alabama on their blowout victory in the SEC championship game on Saturday. You, of course, were there. That, of course, led to them being the number one seed, deservedly so, undefeated in the college football playoff final four. So uh, what are your thoughts from your big weekend? Yeah, John, I went into the game thinking that Florida would have trouble scoring and to my surprise, they took that opening drive and brought it down for a touchdown against Alabama very nicely, actually. And yeah, that got my attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it sure did. sure did. So I'm thinking, wow, this quarterback, you know, played at Purdue and transferred and had a nice touch and seemed to have good vision. And I thought, well, maybe this game would be a little bit closer than I thought. Uh, but Alabama, John, they're the most complete. Crimson Tide team I've seen, whereas if they're not scoring on offense or sputtering, their defense can take up the slack and score themselves. I mean, 14 non-offensive touchdowns, I think it's 10 defensive. Uh, that's an incredible number. As I've stated many times, a couple of seasons, Alabama had one uh, and maybe three under Nick Saban. I think last year they upped it to 10, but this year's 14, and with, with maybe possibly two more games uh to finish the season. So, but Alabama, they, they just got the running game going after a while. And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, he continues to impress. He didn't have his best game, but it was kind of a funky offensive uh, plan they had, but it worked out, 54 points total. I mean, I guess you can tinker with perfection and whine about a few things, but, but my goodness, that's quite a championship when you beat the other division uh you know, title for, you know, team by that many points. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're just an amazing team, and it just sets up beautifully for uh, an exciting Final Four. 
course, it was announced yesterday, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, Washington 4, and that means Alabama will, of course, play Washington, Pac-12 champ in uh, the Peach Bowl on New Year's Eve at 3 p.m., I believe. Uh, so what do you think about that matchup? Uh, should be a good one. I think, John, that Alabama's playing one of the better quarterbacks in the nation. Uh, he's, he's thrown for 42 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. And I think that Alabama, if they're going to get confused by any, any of these formations or someone in motion, they will have a difficult time. Uh holding this quarterback out of the end zone because he's very good. Yeah, well, Washington just got stronger as the season went on. Uh, Obviously, their strength of schedule was called into question, which is why it was so uh, debated, shall we say, between them, Penn State, and Michigan for that coveted final four spot, the fourth seed, literally. Uh, But, you know... In the end, they won the, uh, you know, the Apple Bowl, the Apple Cup, I should say, over Washington State, ranked at the time. And then, of course, they won, uh, they beat Colorado soundly in the uh, Pac-12 championship game on Friday night. And the key is they only had one loss. I mean, that's why they're there. It's just that simple. Say what you want, but Penn State and Michigan each had two losses, and so there, there you have it, as far as I'm concerned. Pretty simple. Yeah, John, and I think Ohio State, with that early victory in Norman, Oklahoma, dominating the, the Sooners, helped them be just behind Alabama and really secure a spot in the playoff. Yes, and I've been seeing a lot of that today, you know, obviously watching ESPN and the follow-up to yesterday's noontime announcement. And, uh yeah. Uh, that's what you know. A lot of people are pointing that out uh, as well. That you know, Oklahoma obviously finished strong. They were the de facto winners of the Big Twelve, so to speak, with their bedlam victory on uh, Saturday over Oklahoma State, and that seemed to you know re-energize, if you will, Ohio State's victory from very early in the year. Uh, keeping in mind that you know. Oklahoma at the time had lost to Houston in their season opener only a week or two before. So, you know, I think at the time, it's almost like it means now more. It means more now than it did then because of the way Oklahoma closed out their season. Right, correct. And you're always, you have to always um, cheer on your non-conference opponents. I mean, some fans might not, understand that concept but they better start to learn quickly that when you play someone you're cheering for them especially if it's somebody like Oklahoma for them to go undefeated or have a really good season or win their conference (laughs) I mean it makes for strange bedfellows you know the way this all works now it's sort of a a new world a little bit where you know I need only go back uh, nine days to uh being at a packed establishment where Penn State fans were rooting desperately for Ohio State to beat Michigan. That was sur- that was surreal, and we talked about that on last week's show. So, uh, But, yeah, yeah, it's just, again, you know, ostensibly Alabama fans, uh, you, you know, were probably rooting for Oklahoma, you know, uh, Saturday. Um, 
you know, and on and on and on. No different than Penn State fans. We're glad to see Pitt beat Clemson because, you know, Pitt had beaten Penn State to open the season. So on and on we go. We could go on all night with these types of matchups. But speaking of matchups, we got a good one, boy, the, on New Year's night. Uh, I think this is a game that a lot of people uh, really want to see, and that's, of course, Clemson versus Ohio State, two versus three. In the Fiesta Bowl at, I believe, 7 p.m. Eastern time on New Year's Eve following the Alabama-Washington game. Uh, uh, that's going to be a battle of heavyweights there. Yeah, John, just to get back to your earlier points um, about the strange bedfellows, I mean, down south it's the bootleggers and the Baptist preachers. They get to vote against no liquor, so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I've seen it for years. Uh, that's a good analogy, AP. Uh, the kind only you can come up with, and uh, that's why we love having you on the show. <laughs> What's intriguing about two versus three, aside from the obvious two heavyweights going at it? Uh, and just, I don't want to digress, but in my mind, if I had a Heisman vote, I'm voting for Deshaun Watson, by the way. Um, he closed strong, Lamar Jackson did not, and to me, it's end of story. Right. Uh, John, I think that Ohio State and Clemson, uh, you're waiting for that best game by Clemson. I don't think we've seen it all season. Do you? I, I mean, I just think totally agree. Working, really. I it's, totally it's, agree. Yeah, so that's scary. That's scary. If you're Ohio State, you're thinking, well, I know that this is what they've done all year, but uh, it's possibly that Deshaun Watson, he'll have two, three weeks to get healthy. Uh, and see what they can come up with to go against the Buckeyes, and I would be worried if I was Urban Meyer. And then also, uh, you know, the quarterback for Ohio State, I don't think he's had his best game probably, and you know that they're talented. So Dabo Sweeney, you know, he has to be worried on that end if the Buckeyes come out and and have a strong game. Uh, Playing out in Arizona, far away from both campuses, I'm not sure who's going to travel the best, um, but... That that'll be a good good football game with two good quarterbacks and two talented teams and two heavyweight coaches. Yeah, well, I think they're both going to travel well. Uh, it's certainly familiar territory to Clemson because you and I both witnessed Clemson. You talk about traveling well, and their their fans last year at University of Phoenix Stadium, where the game will be played on. Uh, between Ohio State and Clemson, uh, I'll never forget that crowd. I, that song, their chant, where they spell out C-L-E-M-S-O-N with that music, that still rings in my head. I don't know about you, but it does. <laughs> you know, uh, 11 months later, I mean, it really does. I'm not kidding. And uh, So you know they're going to travel well. And I mean, what's intriguing about the matchup to me, it's going to be a great game. I think it's safe to say. But both teams both have a shot to give Alabama a good game, assuming that's who they play in the national championship. Uh, Clemson represented themselves well last year in the national championship. You and I witnessed it. They were, they were a game team, to put it mildly, in that game. And, uh, and then, I don't have to tell you, you were there two years ago. Ohio State beat Alabama in the semifinal in New Orleans. Uh, and, you know, Urban Meyer is really perhaps the only coach you can truly, truly put on a par with Nick Saban. So between those two, you know, with those two teams and their background against Alabama in the last two years, you have to say that the winner 
you know, has a fighter shot uh, on January 9th in Tampa. Yeah, they both have good quarterbacks. Both are mobile. The coaches have been there before. The, the teams have no fear. They're That's it. top talent on each squad. You know, they have, uh, you know, good, good players all around, uh, NFL-type caliber. So, you know, Alabama, they can't give the ball away because if they do, uh, they probably will, you know, suffer their first defeat. I mean, those teams are that talented. Well, exactly. And to me, the key phrase there, AP, is uh, neither team has fear of Alabama. And that, to me, is 98% <laughs> going into that game of, of their chance of winning. Uh, no different than some NFL teams, you know, they're, they're facing the Patriots are often beaten before they walk into Gillette Stadium. And, uh, you know, just not the case with Clemson and Alabama. Or excuse me, Clemson and Ohio State. Uh, one of them likely to face Alabama, assuming Alabama takes care of business on their New Year's Eve game against uh, Washington. Absolutely no reason to believe they won't, given, you know, uh, what we just discussed. And oh, by the way, I hadn't even thought of this till now, but, uh, you know, you talk about fan base traveling. I certainly witnessed what Alabama can do when in, in Phoenix last year, as far as, uh, <laughs> traveling well, but gee whiz AP, this is just a hop, skip and a jump for you, for all you Alabama people over to Atlanta, right? Yeah, that's just some of their Georgia cousins over there. It's right close, isn't it? So they'll be all, all over there for New Year's Eve and, uh, you know, John, I was, I was just doing a little preliminary studying of this Washington team. Besides that quarterback, you know, they have a running back over 1,300 yards. And um, so they're they're quite effective offensively. You know, receivers, two of them caught oh. over 50 passes. And so they are the, have the full complement in their arsenal to give Alabama a challenge, or if, if not beat them. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. No, they've got some serious talent on that team. Um those receivers are, you know, and then they also double as uh, kick returners as well. I mean, they're uh, they're a little scary. So there's some real talent, no surprise. So AP, I got to ask you, how far a drive is it from, say, Tuscaloosa to Atlanta? Yeah, it's a little bit over 200 miles, John. It's not that far. Oh my gosh! So three hours. Yeah, it's not very far to go over there. Yeah. So with a three o'clock start time on New Year's Eve. What we're talking about here is, you know, Alabama fans could conceivably uh, make it a day trip. I mean, they just could. You could it, drive it, over. Right. That's right. They, that, that's, that's correct. Yes, it's, it's right at about 202 miles, John. That's awesome. I mean, that's just going to be obviously a heavy-duty Alabama crowd. Given look, you know, Washington's coming just about as far a distance as you can travel in the continental United States. I mean, the only place further is you know if they were going to Miami but you know they're flying corner to corner so to speak and uh so they'll bring some fans you know I'm sure Washington fans you know are smart enough to know uh when you you know when when your team goes you go and if you can do it and so but gee for Alabama this is just like I hadn't even thought of it again until we were talking in the last few minutes of like Atlanta's right right down the road. Oh, oh, yeah, and that's not even kind of the folks in East Alabama. It's even closer than 200 miles. And, and John, here's a few funny uh, facts about the game. 
Auburn uh, will play Washington to open up the season in Atlanta, 2018 season in the Chick-fil-A. Oh my gosh! Kickoff, yeah. 2018 season. 2018 season. Yeah, they okay. signed recently to play that game. It's only about a month ago, actually. And and I know for a fact that the Chick Fil A folks were having trouble getting a team from the West Coast to come to Atlanta. You know, a Power Five type team. So I know that was a big uh, success story for them to land Washington to come to play Auburn from the SEC. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't know that is a fun fact. I didn't realize that. So, yeah. Yeah. and the irony. Oh yeah, it's the irony of it all. Is for Alabama fans, there's always it, Auburn and Alabama. They can't get away from each other, John. They just can't. Correct. They just <laughs> they're exactly. linked forever. <laughs> the archest of arch rivals, no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, uh, AP, uh, did you have another? Oh, we did. Just uh, we, we can come back and talk about, but Alabama, two people on their staff is Taj Lupoy, coaches on the defense, and of course Steve Sarkeesian. He's uh, an analyst with Alabama. Both were with the Washington program. Oh, right. I forgot about Sarkeesian. Wow. Yeah, that's a great fun Lupoy. fact. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, six degrees of separation, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that. <laughs> If that. Um, well, AP, good segment. Good to get your perspective. Uh, why don't we take our break now? And we have plenty of college football and all the other bowl games uh, to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we covered the final four in the previous segment, uh, but there's tremendous bowl matchups across the board. Uh, None better in my mind than Penn State, USC in the Rose Bowl. Penn State, of course, is disappointed that they didn't make the Final Four. 
but the Rose Bowl has to be the world's best, quote, consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to believe for me because it's brought back a lot of memories, AP. Uh, I was at the Rose Bowl the last time Penn State played in it, 1995. Hard to believe, uh, 22 years ago. I find that really hard, to, really incredible. And uh, feel, trust me, it feels like yesterday. It sticks with you when you go to a Rose Bowl. And uh, yeah, that was the famous Kajana Carter, Carrie Collins, Bobby Ingram team. And uh, they were the uh, undefeated New York Times national championship team that year. Nebraska won the other polls. Uh, they beat Oregon. And AP, it was one of the greatest days, uh, greatest sports events I've ever been to in my life. And uh, so, again, Penn State and matching up against USC. To me, there's something special when you have USC in the Rose Bowl. It's, you know, I, I think back to the O.J. Simpson days. And, yeah. You know, just all the famous teams they've had play, uh, obviously, in the Rose Bowl. And that is going to be a matchup and clearly two teams two of the hottest teams in the country closing out the season. Yeah, John, it's interesting uh, from USC's standpoint, who would have ever thought a 52-6 to loss to Alabama and they're playing in the Rose Bowl. And there you then, go. And then Penn State recovering from all the fiasco that happened in the past you know, few years. It's a good story for both teams. Uh, you know, USC, that's their goal. They can't be in the championship to play in the Rose Bowl. And, of course, Penn State, they came very, very, very close. But they're getting a trip for their East Coast team to go out to Pasadena, and that's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just tremendous. Again, <clears throat> nothing like it. You know, when I went uh, in 95, I, you know, woke up at 3 in the morning. We went to the Rose Bowl, prayed. Uh, took a bus out of our hotel in downtown LA. We're there at you know sunrise, literally sunrise, watching them finish up decorating the floats. It begins the parade begins at 8 a.m. Pacific time, and it was just awesome. There was literally a million people, no exaggeration, on Colorado Avenue, and uh, <laughs> and then we walked down the street, literally from the parade to Jackie Robinson Field where we joined 25,000, repeat, 25,000 Penn State fans. That's certainly the biggest tailgate party I've ever been to for a tailgate party. <laughs> the Jackie Robinson Field, beside, sitting beside the Rose Bowl, pretty much between the parade route and the Rose Bowl. And then, uh, you know, we did that, had lunch and all that good stuff. And then uh, into the game, which begins at, you know, like 2 p.m., 1.30, whatever, mid-afternoon, Pacific time. Uh, and again, there's just nothing like it. And as I've said many times in this show, you know, I grew up always wanting to see a Rose Bowl be long before Penn State ever joined the Big Ten. And to me, the, the, the magic of, of the game starting in the daylight and you're looking at the San Gabriel Mountains and then, you know, the sun sets and it ends in the dark. It's just utterly magical there's there's really nothing quite like it when you're there john uh in the press box and you're overlooking those san gabriel peaks it's surreal it, it is it, it's a beautiful setting uh and the, the outside where you tailgate is interesting as well right it's kind of a golf course golf yes course. 
Exactly right. Yeah, very good. You know it. Yeah, and uh, I can remember being there the first time, and the Grand Marshal was Sully, the gentleman who landed the jet in the into the Hudson River and saved those people. And recently he was uh, played by Tom Hanks in a movie. Right, right, I guess it was the Hudson. I think it was the Hudson or the East. Oh, it was the Hudson. Uh, Hudson. No, it was yeah, absolutely okay. the Hudson River. Yeah, the Hudson, no yeah. question. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, I went to get my credentials, actually, and there he was sitting, being interviewed outside on the green. I went to the Rose Bowl house and had to pick up my, my credentials for the parade, and he was right there early early in the morning, as you said, around sunrise, and he was being interviewed by the Today Show. Yeah, it's really incredible. And, you know, other memories. Number one, it's really cold. I'll never forget <laughs> how cold I was. I'll never forget, ever. Yeah, you know, we boarded a bus that, like I said, the middle of the night, headed to the Rose Bowl to Pasadena. We get off that bus. It's like 4 or 4.30 in the morning. And I mean cold like I've never been cold before. <laughs> but, of course, you know, by 10 a.m. it's 70. By 1 p.m. it's 80. It was fabulous. Perfect weather, of course. Uh, but cold at night. And uh, the other memories, I'm sure you can relate. You've been there as uh, when you walk in the stadium of the Rose Bowl, and my seats were fabulous. Uh, seventh row behind the goalpost. I uh, got them from a Penn State season ticket holder buddy. And uh, so you walk in, and half the stadium is below you, and half the stadium is above you, which was really cool. I had no idea until the moment it happened. And, and the other thing that was I'll never forget as long as I live, when, again, we walked in through the end zone, through the tunnel, and I'm startled to see, again, half, in, half below me, half above me, 100,000 plus. The entire one side of the stadium, in my case, the right side, was all blue and white. The entire left side of the stadium was all green and gold for Oregon. And AP, I can truly say that, like, that, that first five minutes, both bands were on the field, uh, was one of the most exhilarating, you know, moments I've ever had in sports. Like, for me, and a part of it was, you know, it was like dream come true type, you know, bucket list accomplished check this one off at that moment in time and and then to top it off ap we all remember a kajana carter took the first took the uh, on the first play from scrimmage took the ball ran 83 yards for a touchdown and he ran right into my lap literally <laughs> literally right in front of me i was looking right in his eyes because again we were seventh row in the end zone that he happened to run into so Special, special memories, to put it mildly. Uh, so, uh, it's going to be great. And AP, are, are there any two teams at this moment in time, really, that have the potential to put on a better show? I mean, you talk about two hot teams. Penn State obviously put on quite the show on Saturday night. We all saw that. They sure did. And, you know, when last seen nationally, USC was uh, taking care of Washington in Seattle at uh, pretty pretty handily. So both teams are hot. Both teams are exciting. And I, I think the Rose Bowl officials have to just be thrilled with uh, that matchup. I think so because they have two fan bases that are hungry. And right. I think they'll have very good attendance and the hotels will be happy and the city of Pasadena. And they have two good quarterbacks. Some yes. Good runners, wide receivers, uh, the coaches are, are, you know, making things happen for the university. They're fairly young in their careers at those schools, so they're looking. Somebody's looking to win a Rose Bowl and put it on the resume. 
Well, exactly. And you talk some exciting players. I mean, did anybody know the names of the two quarterbacks at the beginning of the year? I think not. Trace McSorley <laughs> for Penn State and uh, and USC's quarterback who turned it all around when he took the reins in like the fourth or fifth game of the year. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, as exciting a player as really as there is in college football. And uh and then the USC player who went off on Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, and there's two-story programs as well. Long right. time have been, have been playing on New Year's Day, and I think it'll be a big rating on television, John. Oh, I think it'll just be massive, um, to say the least. So that's going to be great. Um that will, of course, be following the semifinal games uh, on New Year's Eve. Um, other interesting games, uh, you know, the Cotton Bowl. And by the way, the games, the big games this year are on January 2nd, and that's another memory. When I went to see it in 95, it was the exact same calendar, meaning New Year's Day was on a Sunday, uh, and New Year's the New Year's Bowl games, the Rose Bowl that year was played on Monday, January 2nd. Same deal this year. It's going to be Monday, January 2nd. Uh, Western Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, Western Michigan, of course, the uh, you know the darling of the football world. Certainly, P.J. Fleck, their coaches, uh, row your boat, and they're quite the story, undefeated. <laughs> yeah, the only undefeated team. And, John, I'm just thinking on this January 2nd day, I can't recall the last time this has happened. You have the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl all on the same day. We hadn't seen that for a while, maybe. And the Orange Bowl, too. Uh, yeah, the Orange Bowl is... Um, oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. December 30th. Excuse me. Yeah, and that that's that's a little bit different as well, isn't it, John? December 30th for the Orange Bowl. That is, now that you mention it. Yeah, I'm looking. They're grouped together at the chart I'm looking at. So yeah. that's why I was thinking... Uh, yeah, cotton, pet, rose, sugar, January 2nd, and then I thought the orange, same date, since they're in the same group, but, uh, yeah, so, December 30th, yeah, that's a little different, uh, so that'll be Friday night, this January, December right. 30th. Yeah, uh, that, that, that should be a nice crowd, John, Michigan, Florida State. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, I was in Orlando, uh, last year um, for the Citrus Bowl, and that was Florida versus Michigan. And boy, Michigan, you talk about a team that travels well, not to mention Florida right up the road. Yeah. Uh, that was just a, the entire town was just, uh, you know, maize and blue as well as uh, blue and orange. It was great. And I think you're going to have Miami looking that way for, uh, for New Year's weekend to, to boot. So, yeah, that, that's going to be fascinating to say the least. Yeah, with the game being on Friday, you have that whole weekend to celebrate for all those Michigan people who are traveling from the north. Exactly right, AP. Uh, Well, hard to believe we've come to the end of our third segment. Uh, One more to go, but and lots more to cover. So why don't we take our break now, and we'll get to some of the other big bowls after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, as always this weekend, the Army-Navy game. It'll be played this year in Baltimore at Ravens Stadium. Fabulous stadium. I happened to go to the Penn State-Maryland game there last October a year ago and uh, couldn't have been more impressed right in downtown Baltimore. So uh, that'll be a great game, as always to watch both teams are headed to bowls gotta love it to see both teams uh really having a good year and uh uh so there's nothing quite like the army navy game ap and uh should be a good one again there i think it's been a lot of years since both teams went to a bowl i'm guessing yeah it sure it sure has been uh but that, that army navy game that's one thing i have never been to that game and someday i'll, I'll be there I have no doubts. I had the pleasure of going to the one in Philadelphia a few years back, another bucket list item uh, that exceeded expectations like the Rose Bowl did back in 95. And, uh, yep, again, I have no doubts you'll get there. And uh, there's really just nothing quite like it. It is unique for all the obvious reasons of, you know, Ninety percent of the crowd is wearing fatigues or uniform of some sort, half of which you've never seen in your life. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you know, from dress blues and medals to combat gear <laughs> and everything in between, it is just, uh, it is really unique and almost tough to explain. Uh, so yeah, it'll be great uh, down there in Baltimore and. You know, just a lot of other great games. I mean, you touched on the Orange Bowl. Florida State and Michigan, that's awesome. Of course, Western Michigan I touched on with their uh, uh, coach there, P.J. Fleck, who's uh, the dar- he, he, he I think he succeeded Tom Herman as the darling in the football coaching fraternity at this moment in time. <laughs> um, yeah, probably so, probably so. 
Yeah, he was great. I mean, I mean between, uh, you know, diving into his crowd of players like the a la Amash Pit to uh, basically demanding after they finished their undefeated season the other night uh, that they be in the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> but he did it in an endearing way. Um, Oklahoma-Auburn, you mentioned Auburn earlier. They're playing in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, again, not a not too far a drive for the Auburn, Auburn folks. So, uh, no. yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that, that's an interesting matchup as well. Oklahoma, you talk about a hot team. There's another hot team, boy, playing well at the end of the season. Yeah, John, uh, hopefully Auburn can be healthy and give o- Oklahoma uh, a run. Uh it's unique in the fact that an eight and four SEC team is playing in the Sugar Bowl. I don't know when that's happened last, but the the year could end up well for Auburn if they they beat Oklahoma. Well, exactly right. Yes, uh, Auburn's had what I'd call an uneven season. Some big victories, some big losses, uh, but you know, eight and four in the SEC West is eight and four, and there they are. And then you know, a couple other bowls that are interest to me because I, I've spent a lot of time uh, around Christmas and New Year's both in Tampa and in Orlando and they always seem to get good bowls and they did it again this year uh, the Outback Bowl in Tampa on January 2nd is Iowa versus Florida and then uh, on December 31st New Year's Eve early I believe they tend to start this game early uh, in Orlando is uh, Louisville in LSU. So, uh, again... That, that could be a good uh, game, John. Uh, LSU running around chasing Lamar Jackson. The LSU has very good defense, and they're very athletic. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, there's no doubt that's going to be, you know, a fun game. Uh, Iowa, let's not forget, they beat Michigan um, not all that long ago, just a couple weeks ago. And the Gators, who had a good season despite the... Uh, rough SEC championship game they had. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be good. Uh, you know, looking at, you know, iconic programs, Music City Bowl in Nashville, Nebraska, Tennessee. That'll be a good one. Certainly, there, there's two teams that'll be traveling well to Nashville, which is a great city, too. Yeah, that'll be a good matchup. They, they played, as I recall some years ago, Peyton Manning, they played Nebraska. I don't, I don't think they fared well in that game, actually. But, yeah, those are, those are two good programs, and Nebraska will bring their folks because I think it's a, I don't think that ride's too bad coming over the Nashville form. Correct. Correct. Not at all. Um, Liberty Bowl in Memphis, uh, again in Tennessee, is uh, TCU Georgia. Uh Pretty good. Both teams, I think, had what for them would have been, you know, disappointing seasons. Uh, here's another one I see: uh, Air Force, and you can relate to this one, AB, out in Arizona in Tucson. Uh, didn't realize Tucson hosted a bowl. Quite frankly, uh, Air Force, so a third service academy in a bowl game. Uh, they're playing South Alabama. Yeah, I believe that was. Uh significant for South Alabama and Joey Jones, the former, former Alabama wide receiver, for them to make that bowl, I think it was in his best interest, <laughs> let's say. Right, okay, I hear you. Um, the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, I've been to El Paso, it is sunny there, and uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina versus Stanford, what I guess I'm assuming was will be the last 
college game ever for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that in and of itself makes the game notable, and North Carolina is a very good team as well. Yeah, North Carolina has been a little bit up and down, and Stanford was not as good as they've been in the past. So that, that'll be a good matchup. Absolutely. Um, another one that kind of catches my eye uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Belk Bowl is uh, Virginia Tech, who, by the way, uh, they gave Clemson all they could handle on Saturday night. I was sure catching did. glimpses of it, but I was more focused, as were many people, on the Penn State-Wisconsin epic. And... Uh, so, yeah, but, you know, Virginia Tech, they certainly showed themselves well, and they'll be uh, facing Arkansas and Brett Bielma. Yeah, it'd be nice if Arkansas could do something in this game because I think it was disappointing for them this year. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. They had their opportunities. You know, they played in some big games. Yes. And there was, <clears throat> and there was reason to believe that, you know, uh, they could win some of these games. It just it didn't turn out that way. But no. uh, in a loss in disappointing fashion, let's say that Auburn game. I mean, they set a record for rushing for five hundred and was it forty three yards in a single right. game, the SEC record. Exactly, exactly. Uh, just to close out on the service academies, by the way, Army will play North Texas in the heart of Dallas Bowl, and. Uh, Navy will play Louisiana Tech <clears throat> on December 23rd uh, in the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, let me just see the date of the uh, the Army game. Yeah, they're December 27th. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be good. Another game that's uh, of interest to me, given uh, uh, having been to Orlando when these games are being played, is the Russell Athletic Bowl, Miami versus West Virginia, again, in the Camping World Stadium, renamed the Citrus Bowl, from the <laughs> Citrus Bowl. And, uh, yeah, so that should be a good one, too. So it's going to be great, AP, quite the lineup. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I like this lineup and look forward to watching a lot of these games. And, John, you know, just to let people know, you hear these uh, people who are not really enthused by all these bowls, when you saw Western Michigan, those people get so excited. It means a lot to all these college football players. They put in a lot of time and effort. And for them to uh, attend a bowl and be part of a bowl and participate, and it, it's a big deal. Big deal. Big deal, especially for cold-weather cities headed to warm-weather spots. I guarantee you the people in State College are, uh, uh, can't wait to board a plane for sunny California. No doubt about that, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> and on and on and on. Good people in Michigan heading to Miami. Uh, you know, if you t if you look at Michigan and Penn State as the two closest contenders, which they were, they were rated five and six, obviously, uh, I'd say Miami and Pasadena are pretty good destinations for them as well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not too, exactly 100% pleased with the way the season has uh, finished so far, but those destinations will put a little smile on them. No doubt about it. Uh, I think when they get step off the planes in those two places, uh, they're going to be perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. So, AP, as always, thanks for your perspective and expertise. And uh, here we are. Uh, we got where we wanted to get with the Final Four in place. And uh, it's going to be a great, quote, postseason for college football. It's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, it'd be great, John. And it's always a pleasure to be on with you and look forward to these bowl games and the college football playoffs. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.